In the midst of a year of unprecedented upheaval in the world, a new voice in Bible prophecy has emerged in Israel. Our guest today blends a Jewish perspective as a Messianic follower of Jesus Christ with a passion for God's prophetic Word. Stay tuned as he shares his insights with us on this episode of Christ in Prophecy. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm Colonel Tim Moore, the Associate Evangelist for Lamb & Lion Ministries, and today I'm sitting in for our Senior Evangelist, Dr. David Reagan, as host. Amir Safardi has exploded on the Internet as a popular and respected teacher. When we learned that Amir would be visiting the United States, we reached out to see if he might make a stop here in Texas. To our delight, he was able and glad to do so. Amir, thank you for coming today and for being our guest on Christ in oh, Prophecy. Thank you, Tim. It's my pleasure. Well, we're very happy to have you. And folks, some of you who are not familiar with Amir on the Internet may not know about his background. So let me take a moment to introduce him to you. I think you'll be very impressed, as I was, with all of his background. You see, Amir was born in Israel and became a Messianic follower of Jesus Christ as a teenager. He served in the Israeli Defense Force Armor Corps, in other words, the tank service, and was quickly selected to train as an officer. At the amazingly young age of 21, he was appointed the Deputy Governor of Jericho in the Jordan Valley, becoming one of the IDF's chief negotiators with the Palestinians. And he still serves as a major in the reserves. Following his military service, something I identify with, Amir, he continued to consult with various law enforcement agencies on homeland security issues, even as he became the chief tour guide with one of Israel's major tour companies. In 2001, correct me if I'm wrong, Amir, he launched Behold Israel to teach on the times and seasons so that people can find faith, love, and the hope of salvation. Boy, I tell you what, Amir, I thought I was busy, but you blow me out of the water. What have I missed in all of your bio? <laughs> well, I think you got it all right, I think. Um, it was 9-11, uh, basically, that yes. led me to understand that there's a complete blindness around the world to what really is going on in the Middle East. And the Middle East exploded at your face here in America, basically. Yes. And so... Uh, I felt that there's it's time to, to have people understand what Israel is all about, what the Middle East is all about, and to connect the dots with Bible prophecy, because I believe that a lot of people think there's the Bible where you read on Sunday, and there's the news you're watching the rest of the week. They don't connect the two, and especially the younger generation, unfortunately. Yes, especially the younger generation. They're really affected by social media, not in a good way when it comes to Israel and the, in the um, Middle East. So I think um, there's a great challenge ahead of us. Well, I, I was going to ask what inspired you to start Behold Israel. It sounds like all of that culmination of events around 9-11 in that time period inspired you. But I'm also fascinated because you have made a tremendous impact on young people, both millennials and what we would call Generation Z here in the United States. And I know that many of your podcasts have a tremendous number of young people who follow them regularly. How have you made that connection? Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, I really started Behold Israel on the social media realm when I sat in a restaurant with my wife and I saw uh, a round table with about six 
youngsters, um, they don't talk to each other. In a restaurant, they're all busy looking at their phones. Mm. All six of them, and when the waitress came to take the order, she bothered them, basically. So I thought, I told my wife, Miriam, I think if I want to speak to these people, I need to be right there inside their phone. And that's how I came up with the, the app. Behold Israel started as an app okay. on the phone only for the sole purpose of giving good and reliable, unbiased news from Israel. And then once I got there, I, uh, that anchor was there already, I knew now I can use that venue to also teach the word. What a tremendous so, blessing yeah. that's been to so many. I will expect that your wife will get a little credit for helping you develop that Definitely. idea. Wives give us a lot of inspiration. And I will tell you, my own daughter is named Miriam. So oh, uh, wow. we have connectivity in that regard as well. Well, moving forward to the year 2020, or looking forward even into the next few years, what do you see as the prophetic signs that jump out to you and declare that Jesus is indeed coming soon? Well, there is the regional and there is the global uh, aspect of the prophetic signs. The regional one is, of course, two things. We're looking at Israel having more and more, uh, uh, in, uh, I guess, influence and, and yes. strength in the Middle East, uh, becoming a major player in other fields rather than just uh, uh, the political one in energy. We are now a superpower of energy in the, in the area. We're now talking about an, an East Mediterranean pipe that will go all the way to Western Europe, which angers the Russians. Oh, and yes. that brings me now, we, we need to zoom out a little bit now from Israel and see that there is the Russians and the Turks and the Iranians and now their involvement in Libya and soon in Sudan. And you see that there is the, the, the stage for the Ezekiel 38 war is being set wow. while Israel is being uh, getting more safe, strong and uh, prosperous. And uh, the prosperity that Israel is gaining is not only with the energy. Now the, the deals that we are striking, the new peace deals with the Emirates and the Bahrainis, the Omanis will be next, and the Saudis and yes. the Qataris. The Qataris just said uh, that they're willing to um, step forward with it. All of that will contribute to the prosperity that Israel will enjoy as the Turks and the Iranians and the Russians are looking with very angry eyes and they'll wait for the moment that they can just go and, and, and do that vicious plan and, and invade Israel. And I now think that a lot has to do with the identity of the one who sits in the Oval Office. And uh, because we know without whoever is sitting there right now, much of what we see now in the Middle East could not have been uh, possible. Uh, again, God is in control. God, God knows. Control. I mean, Ezekiel wrote about it 2,700, 2,800 years ago. But so what I see is the person in the Oval Office, the players in the Middle East, and Israel as a nation, all of that, this is the convergence that we all talk about. Yes. That brings me to the uh, realization that we are... This is the last minute of the last hour of the last day. <laughs> the last minute of the last hour of the last days. I like mm -hmm. that phraseology. And one thing that raises a question for me and perhaps some of our viewers. We know that we are living in the season of the Lord's return with all these signs being manifest even in our, our own day and age before our very eyes. But is there any prophetic sign that remains to be fulfilled before the Father says to the Son, go and get your bride? And then the twinkling of an eye, the church is raptured to be with the Lord. Honestly, I don't think so. 
I think we're ready. I think that uh, this is why the, the imminence of the rapture is so important. Um, I don't think I can say that there's one more thing that has to happen that we need to wait for. I think it can happen any second. And I think honestly, as an Israeli, Israel is ready to embrace the Antichrist. I can tell you that up front. You go to Tel Aviv right now. The city of Tel Aviv is the second largest city in Israel. But it's the highest population of Jews. Yes. Because Jerusalem has more, but it's a mixed city. Um, Tel Aviv is ready for the Antichrist. As far as the mindset of people to receive someone who will promote an agenda that is so ungodly, Tel Aviv is ready. So ungodly, but yet would offer at least the, the hope of peace yes, with the of rest course, of the world. Of course, look, yes, uh, the, Israeli, the Israelis right now are being conditioned to love peace. Which, by the way, everybody loves peace. Of course. We all want peace. But they will not want war anymore. And then once that invasion comes and will be so devastating, it, look, it's going to be fast and furious in a way. Yes. <laughs> once that happens, they'll do whatever it takes to restore peace that they just learned to fall in love with yes. uh, earlier. Peace at all costs. Peace at all costs. But that peace will be sweeter. It will be sweeter because now the biggest players of the radical Islamic uh, world are gone. And now there is someone who will introduce a new type of religion that many millions of Muslims will gladly embrace. Mm. And that will also enable a temple in the Temple Mount to stand. So it will play to the, to the um, emotions of both secular Jews and religious Jews. The religious Jews will be so happy that, you know, their dream of a temple in Jerusalem is, is, is coming to, uh, true. And the non-religious will be happy that, you know, there's peace. Peace there is, is breaking out everything in our, in our day and age. Yep. Well, you lead into the whole timing of the tribulation, the things that will befall the rest of the world and the Jewish people yes. when that temple is being built, when there is a peace mm -hmm. treaty uh, enacted by this Antichrist figure that will come forward. And there are many Christians today who think that the church, Christians themselves, will have to live through and endure that tribulation period. Uh, and they hope to overcome it. They hope to endure it as God's wrath is poured out on the world. But what would you have to say to those Christians? First of all, I, 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 I'm thankful that they will have a very good surprise. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, but I can tell you, though, that uh, one of the problems that we have is a complete wrong interpretation of the book of Revelation. And when people mix the saints of the tribulation with the church, and they don't understand that the church is not even mentioned throughout the tribulation, that's one problem. Another problem is there's always a self of, a, a sense of, we need to uh, suffer more in order to be, to be worthy of, right. of, you know, all of that is so, opposite to the message of Christ. And yeah, Christ suffered on our behalf. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm there not sure why no you need to suffer more. Yeah. And, and also, the, in the main and the flagship chapter of the rapture, you would expect, if the tribulation has to happen before, you would expect the tribulation to be mentioned there. I mean, Paul is not even talking about tribulation. He's talking about his own life, his time. He believed it is going to happen in his lifetime. Yes. So why would the rapture take place at any given moment, can take place at any given moment, but yet people believe we must 
wait until the tribulation. Yeah, begins. clearly Paul and the apostles did not think they would have to endure that kind of tribulation. They, our lives are filled with uh, with grief and and little t tribulation, but not the tribulation exactly. spoken and so of again, for that seven period. So again, we have a confusion of the word tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So. They take that as we may be, you see. Yes. There's also a confusion of Antichrist. I mean, there are already, they have been Antichrists, but sure. the Antichrist is not the one we're going to exactly see. Exactly so. So the confusion is always in the interpretation of, of, of terms that are going to be in the tribulation. And uh, Well, I have one other question for you before we take a, a brief break, Amir. You have been gifted as a guide. You have led many folks who have come to Israel to experience firsthand all the, the wonder of what God is doing before our very eyes. For a person who is not sure whether a, a trip to Israel would be something they'd want to take, what would you say? How valuable is a pilgrimage to Israel for a believer? Well, I think that uh, many believers have Israel in the Bible and Israel of the news. And in the news is a war zone, in the Bible is, you know, God's promised uh, or God's chosen people. When you come to Israel and you look at the things that are around, you are amazed at what God has done and is still doing in that He's place. And also you have a better understanding of the scriptures. When you read the story of Jesus crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, now you have an understanding of where things were. Everything clicks. Everything makes sense. When I bring pastors, one of the things we do as a ministry, we sponsor pastors. We pay all the whole thing. We bring pastors to Israel from all over the world, from, I don't know, 20, 30 different countries. And we want them because once the pastor get it, his congregation will get it. Until he is not getting it, how do I expect him to communicate that to his own congregants? So um, I believe that uh, all the parts come together when you come to Israel and your understanding of the scriptures and your faith. You see, I say, I, we also sponsor youth, faith. They, they don't understand. Nothing is, 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 you know, tangible until they get there and they see it. And see now, with their own eyes. Yes, hear and with they their own go ears. back and they are on fire. Well, Amir, I'm excited not only about what you are sharing with us today, but the perspective you bring. And folks, we're going to take a brief break for an announcement. And when we come back, we'll continue with other questions for Amir. For over 40 years, Lamb & Lion Ministries has hosted an annual Israel tour. We walk where Jesus walked, focusing on Bible prophecy. Pilgrims see with their own eyes what God is doing in our own day and age to fulfill His ancient promises. They come home excited about God's prophetic word, enthusiastic about sharing their faith, and anticipating Jesus' soon return. This next June 26th, we'll leave Dallas, Texas for an 11-day pilgrimage. Every aspect of this trip has been carefully planned to maximize your exposure to the promised land. Come with us. Bring a grandson or granddaughter or send someone to be your eyes and feet. Either way, you'll receive a great blessing. Our 2021 trip is affordably priced and includes airfare, top-rated hotels, meals, site visits, and tips. Visit the Christ in Prophecy website to learn more, but don't wait too long to seize this opportunity. We will only take 60 pilgrims, and seats are already filling up. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our conversation with Amir Sarfati of Behold Israel. And Amir, one of the things that fascinated me is you and your family live 
on a hill overlooking the Valley of Armageddon. Correct. Does that cause you any concern from well, day to day? Not at all. It, it brings me a lot of hope. Uh, and the hope is that um, I will be out of here before all of that uh, chaos is going to happen there. I believe that um, the armies of the world will gather there on their way to fight in Jerusalem. And of course, Jesus will come back to put an end to that yes. with his feet standing in Mount of Olives in Zechariah 14. So I am looking at a place that is a place that will uh, be the culmination of confusion and rebellion. Um, and uh, I take comfort in the fact that I found the truth, thankfully. Thank the yes. but, uh, but unfortunately, again, the efforts of the enemy to confuse and accuse and to destroy um, and kill and destroy are, are just, uh, it amazes me all the time. Well, it amazes me as well, and it saddens me that many Jews have not found the Lord, have not embraced uh, Yeshua, Jesus, as their Messiah, as you have, and so many others are even today. But what would you say to those Jews who reject Christ? What is God's provision for the Jewish people, even through this period of tribulation we've already talked about? Well, look, I, I believe that Israel is God's chosen people. He never, ever changed His mind no. about them. And, uh, and I believe that it will, that they will finally understand that in the middle of the, in the heart of the tribulation, when, when they understand that, okay, this is not the Messiah. This is bad news. We do not sign up for this one. And then God, even then, has already prepared a place for them. Yes. And he, 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 He's going to provide for them. And through all of that, I believe Israel is going to see the amazing good hand of God. But again, Israel will not be saved unless Israel embraces the Messiah. Yes, when they come to the end of themselves, Absolutely. as any of us as individuals, and realize that Jesus is the Messiah. Absolutely. And, and my prayer is that accept Him now, so you don't have to go through all of this. Amen. And I, by the way, I'm saying that to all Christians, as, uh, to all non-Jews as well. I mean, accept him now, so you don't have to be left behind. Amen. I mean, people, I believe, underestimate the tribulation, and therefore, every little thing that happened today, whether it's pandemic or fires or earthquakes, they meet us as. This is the tribulation. They don't have a clue that the tribulation is something that has never been seen or felt or experienced on planet Earth Time before. Of and unprecedented. Exactly. Horror. And so is, by the way, the Antichrist. People are so easy to jump the gun and to name names and, and, and label political leaders right now as Antichrist. Right. They don't have a clue what this man is going to be. This man is he's getting his authority, his throne, and his uh, his whole thing from the beast, from the dragon. Excuse me. The yes. Bible says in, in and Revelation, he will be indwelled by Satan himself. Absolutely, and exercise the power of Satan. And the Bible says that the whole world will worship him. Mm -hmm. There is not even a single political leader on planet Earth as to, as of today that the whole world worships. So, I mean, with, with that threat looming, in other words, the, the wrath of God being poured out on the world during the tribulation, why wouldn't Jewish people and Gentiles embrace the Messiah today? In other words, you had a recent podcast that was so powerful yeah. about the cross continuing to be a stumbling block to the Jews. And briefly touch on why Jewish people are still resistant, and then we'll touch on how we as believers can share with them. Well, first of all, in the Jewish mindset, uh, the act of being hanging, uh, hanged on the tree, reserved 
serves to the last of the criminals. Mm -hmm. So in their mind, I mean, God, uh, Messiah, and this, it doesn't go together. Second, the message of the cross is that what they had a problem with. And that's, this is why Paul says they try to establish their own righteousness. And obviously, it's, it's very hard for a Jewish person who was taught all his life that to do good things and to pray on time and to do mitzvahs and to, uh, and to try. Jews understand they will never be able to fulfill the law, but God looks how much they try. It's called in Hebrew, hishtadlut. I'm trying. He will, he will count that. I'll get a... Get some, credit for trying. Yes, for trying. A and participation when they, award. Exactly. But the last thing is, and that's a, another stumbling block for the Jewish people, is the fact that throughout history we had horrific things done to Jewish people by people who professed to be Christians and they were wearing a cross. So, so honestly, when you go now to the Western Wall, you're being asked if you have a cross to put it all the way inside. It offends the Jewish people. Now, it's not that they hate you for that, but you they don't understand how can you come to my holiest site and, you know, have this horrific sign that for me is death, persecution, and, and, and troubles. Well, and sadly, even today, Amir, there are Christians or people who call themselves Christians who still show animosity towards Jewish people. Sometimes they bought into the, the false replacement theology. God has washed His hands of the Jews and therefore He has no purpose for them. Or other times they are just filled with a, a satanic kind of anti-Semitism. How does that impact relationship with those who claim to be Christians or just the Gentile word yeah. in Jewish people today. You see, that's another thing. Another problem is when, when, when an Israeli guy is turning on his, uh, let's say, YouTube, and he sees someone who says, I came back to Christ, I am now a follower of Jesus, and I believe that God is done with Israel, and I believe that uh, Hitler was a Jew, the Holocaust never happened, and all this Nazi propaganda. How can I now say to him that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life when he's, he hears from people such a horrible thing. I believe, look, I believe, as, as, as the Bible says, many will say to Jesus, I did this in your name and that in your name. Not few, many, yes. unfortunately. And a lot of people live in that perception that they are Christians, but they, they harbor in their heart racism, hatred, and I personally don't think this is Christianity. No, I mean, obviously we are told to put on Jesus Christ Absolutely. and make no provision for the flesh, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and literally become yes. Christ-like in our thinking, in our attitude, in our love. That's very challenging. Yeah, Even today yeah. I've said uh, the lawlessness that's rising in our nation is making the love of many even believers grow cold Absolutely. or being tempted to allow that to cool. Yeah. And if we have the love of Christ, our, our love informs mm. everything we do, and the love of Christ toward His chosen people, the Jewish people, will also be yeah. evident. See, I, I don't believe that loving Israel is a prerequisite for salvation. No. But I believe it's the fruit of your salvation. Well, I believe that once you are saved, there is no way you're going to hate the Jews for being the Jews. No. And if you hate the Jews for being the Jews and you claim to be saved, then the love of God is not in you and you're deceiving yourself. And so that is why I say to people, if you hate Israel, you have to check your 
faith and Christianity. I mean, this, it, it cannot walk together. People hate me for saying that because they say, you preach salvation through works. You preach that you have to love Israel in order to be saved. No, no. you have to love Israel because you are saved. If and, you have and the heart of Christ. Exactly. And, you, you know, and when a Jewish guy is looking at a supposedly a Christian and how he hates him for being a Jew, is that the fruit of the well, Spirit? So how can a Gentile believer in Jesus Christ bless a Jew? I bless Israel in general, but a Jewish person in particular. How can we more effectively share our love for the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, and be loving to that Jewish person instead yeah. of off-putting? First of all, I think that the best way to show your love to a Jew is to share with him the only thing that can ever save him. Amen. But be very smart when you do that, because if you come to a Jewish guy and, and quote John 3.16, it's not going to work, obviously, because they don't believe in the New Testament. But it's very good if you understand Christ in the Old Testament mm. and you challenge Him in things that are, are, are about Christ in the Old Testament, and you at the same time tell Him how much you love Israel because of what Christ did in your life. You see, that's the, the one thing Jewish people don't understand. Because you're a Christian, you aren't you supposed to hate me? No, 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 because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to love you. And I do. Well, yes, you see, that's the thing, they don't get it. And unfortunately, also many Israelis think Christianity is Catholicism. I mean, the Pope is the, you know, the, the representative of Christianity on planet Earth. And so, Catholic Church is not exactly the friendliest uh, uh, organization towards Israel. So you see, we need to change that narrative. We need to show them what a Christianity is really all about, what Christians are all about, and that only through love and through giving them the Messiah. You know, Catholics don't sh share Jesus with the Jews. Yes, sir. And, and I know <laughs> when I've been to Israel, one of the great uh, blessings I've seen is for even Jewish people who have not yet embraced Christ to recognize, well, you're an evangelical Christian, and we know that you love us. And we demonstrate as pilgrims and as our pilgrimage groups that we love the Jewish people and individual Jews that we come in contact with. So, Amir, your presence here today bears testimony that, that we have a heart for the Jewish people, Amen. for Israel, and we want to bless them. And so, we want to wish a great prayer of blessing on you and your ministry. And in Thank just you. a moment, we're going to take another brief break, but I'd like you to share with our viewers a little bit about Behold Israel. Amir, take a minute and tell our viewers how they can get in touch with your ministry. Sure, you can uh, log on to our website, beholdisrael.org, and you can, through that, subscribe to our weekly newsletter and Bible Bites devotionals that you can get. And also on social media, Twitter, YouTube, uh, um, Instagram, and Facebook, it's just Behold Israel. Well, Amir, thank you very much for being thank with you. us today. You've been a great blessing. Well, folks, that's our program for today. I pray that it makes you want to share the good news of our Jewish Messiah with a Jewish person. And I hope it will inspire you to want to fulfill Zechariah 8.23, grabbing the garment of a Jew and saying, Let me go with you, for I have heard that God is with you. I hope, too, that the Lord willing, you will be back with us next week. Until then, this is Tim Moore speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries, saying, Godspeed. The Bible is literally filled with prophecies about the Jewish people, past, present, and future. And in fact, the Jewish people are the focus of end-time Bible prophecy. Folks, I've spent the past 40 years studying these remarkable prophecies and their fulfillments, and I have put together a summary of them in a new book of mine that is titled, Israel in Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future. 
The incredible story of Israel in Bible prophecy is proof positive of the existence of God and that the Bible is the Word of God. The first section of the book takes a look at four prophecies that were fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century. The second section features seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The final section of the book takes a look at the prophecies concerning the future of Israel, showing how the suffering of the Jewish people in the Great Tribulation will lead to their national repentance and salvation. The book runs 256 pages in length, and it can be yours for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. To order a copy, either call our office at the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lambline.com. If you call, please call Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. I believe this book will be a great blessing to you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 